I, I, I maybe I did play at least a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on campus radio station 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Welcome to 88.3 WCT's After Further Review. Had a little bit of technical difficulties with the computer freezing up. I know the PC freezing up a little bit, a little old, but you can always go to the MacBook, which is one of my favorite computers. Not trying to push it, but it seems like Macs, they just are always there for you when you need them. And PCs, they just give you the circle of death or the blue screen or they just shut down completely after a while. Anyway, we got Bucky. Brian Bucky from the Toledo Blade here on After Further Review, and we were just talking off air, and it just seemed like basketball season just ended, and now we're in the football, another rocket football season. How's it going, Brian? Uh, good, Derek. How you doing? Nah, not too bad. It, we can do it a little bit better, but hey, but it is what it is. It's uh, actually nice outside. I'm on my last day of vacation. And you know how that is when you're on vacation. You love being on vacation, but that last day is like, ugh, you, you, you dread it. Yeah, reality starts to set in, and the, the last day, yeah, for sure. So, Brian, uh, what's been going on with Rocket Football? I know you went to Media Day. Their, uh, their game is coming up this Saturday. Um, they're picked to be first in the MAC and then possibly lose to Ohio in the MAC championship game. But last season, they only went 7-6. and six. And coming off a MAC championship the year before, some people thought that was a disappointment. How is this team going to bounce back? Yeah, I think expectations are high again. Um, they've had, you know, really good recruiting over the past few years, and some of those guys are starting to step into bigger roles now on this team. Um, you know, they did lose some significant guys from last year. Um, even though the team went, you know, seven and six, they lost guys like, you know, Cody Thompson. John Day Johnson, Deontay Johnson, um, and other key performers kind of throughout the roster, but they're kind of hoping to reload and um, hoping to get a healthy, you know, Mitch Guadagni to kind of lead them to, you know, to a better season this year. And now we, we were talking about that. Some of those guys that they did lose, they're battling for NFL spots. And, and by the way, I think the final cuts are by four o'clock uh, on, on Saturday. So, uh, Hopefully they do well. But one of the bigger storylines is that they're going to Kentucky. They'll be at Lexington. It'll be at high noon. And that thing is, is that Brian Kobach is going back to Kentucky. And I believe, didn't he lead the Rockets in rushing last year a little bit over 950 yards, about 980-something? He did, yeah. He was, he was close to 1,000 yards. He's a leading rusher. Um, he figures to, to, I would think, to be the leading rusher again. I know they like to use multiple backs, but I think he's got to be the – you know, the lead back, he's just a really talented guy. He's only a sophomore, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, he, he got redshirted his freshman year. Um, basically, in high school, had the, I remember watching that game actually live, a tragic broken leg uh, against Southview in the middle of his senior year. And then he was able to rehab and recover, went down to Kentucky, and it, it really just didn't work out for him. And he came back home and actually had individually a, a really great season. Um 
but there there's some concerns with the offensive line. Uh, rushing didn't do he did pretty good himself, but some people were thinking, what about the pass protection this year, which was really a staple a couple seasons ago. Yeah, well, as I'm sure you know, Bryce Harris had an injury, you know, in the off season, the knee injury, so he's out for the year. So they kind of have to shuffle it up a little bit on the interior of the line. Um, I think Junior Luke Durger is going to start at center. Um, we see a little bit of Parker Bisak, a freshman, um, at center, um, dispel Durger a little bit, and um, yeah, so that that'll affect you know, just having a senior at, at center is is a luxury that you know they won't have now, and. He was responsible, Bryce Harris was responsible for making, you know, all the calls pre-snap and making sure everyone was in there, you know, right protection and, and knew what was going on. So um, that'll have to change. But as far as pass rush, I think on the edges, you know, at left tackle, Mitch Berg has had a really good camp by all accounts. Um, he's only a sophomore. And then they'll have a, a senior in Cameron Bell, who's just a huge guy at 6'8", 335 at, at right tackle. So... Um, those are the guys who will kind of be tasked with mostly protecting the quarterback. So, yeah, that will be something to watch definitely throughout the year. And then they named Mitchell Gudani as the um, starting quarterback. Was there really any competition for the starting quarterback this year, or was it pretty much uh, Mitch's job? They just wanted it to be fair. Yeah, I think it was Mitch was the front runner all along, and that's what they wanted to be the guy. This is a fifth-year senior Um has a lot of experience in the program, obviously, and knows what he needs to do. So I think he he made the necessary steps, and the biggest thing is that he's just back healthy. And um, but by all accounts, he's made a lot of improvements this year, this off season, and into this um, camp. So he should be ready to go. Now we, we we talk a little bit. There's one guy I want to talk about, and I actually actually helped coach this guy when he was in high school. Not football, but basketball. Talk a little bit about uh, the native from Toledo, Tyson Anderson, at defensive back. Yeah, they're expecting big things from him this year in his, in his junior year. Um, he was actually named one of the 16 captains, which is a huge honor for a junior. All the rest are seniors, um, and he just he just he's just a good guy who's who's uh, you know a positive influence on his teammates, and he's shown that he can be a leader already as a junior. So. He should have the starting role at, at strong safety, and there's a big opportunity for him to have a really, you know, to have a really good year and really help out their defense and, and what they hope to be kind of an improved unit on defense. Also, we talk about uh, Danziel McKinley Lewis. Wasn't he a running back? Now he's moved to a wide receiver. Um, I don't know. He was that receiver last year. He got injured. Um, I think he's been a slot receiver. Um, most of his career, I don't know. He may have been a running back when he initially came in. Now, with the losing Cody Thompson and the Johnson and Johnson, uh, we got Phillips, I think, is filling in for them. What are they looking for from some of the new receivers, the guys stepping up? Yeah, so they'll probably keep Denz- or Desmond Phillips in the slot um, most of the time. And I think they're trying to move Denzel McKinnon Lewis outside and let him do his thing on the outside. And then the other outside receiver, I think, will be Brian Bryce Mitchell, you know, junior from Bowser. Um, and then Nick Kovacs is another name to watch, a sophomore on the outside. And then they're just looking for other guys to kind of step up, some young guys. Um, just looking at the depth chart, you know, Darius Corbett, Jalen Cooper, Naroon Shaka, Devin Maddox, guys like that. 
and then we, we, we'll talk a little bit about the defense. And, and some people always say Mac football is great on offense, but a lot of times uh, you don't see too much defense. What's the what's the, 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 the word around about the defense? Yeah, um, I think the defense is not happy with how they you know perform last year. I think they gave up 30 points a game, a lot of yards per game. Um, and like you said, I mean, the Mac, that's kind of just how it is a little bit. There's high-powered offenses. Not a lot of defense, but they need to play better defense than that if they want to be a you know a MAC title team. So um, they have some talent. They played a lot of young guys last year. I think they mentioned that you know five true freshmen got significant time um, on the field, um, including Jamal Hines, who's one of their their better players. He's a sophomore now at Clemson. So they're helping those guys you know mature a little bit. And then there's you know upperclassmen like Nate Childress and Jordan Fisher and. Khalil Robinson, who hopefully can show them, kind of show them the way and kind of mix in their veteran presence with kind of that youth. Now, some now I, the, I I read the boards and I I know I hate reading the message boards and, <laughs> and, and the, but you, you sometimes you get an insight of what the fans are really t- talking about. And one thing that the fans were a little bit upset with was they think that the defensive coordinator, Brian George, is not that good. What have you been hearing besides fans, maybe your own? Some people thought that maybe the defense could have got better if maybe they made a change at that part of the, the of one of the position coaches. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, fair criticism. I think he – I talked to him at just like the beginning of camp, and he said he kind of took this – Time to kind of reflect on what he needs to do and how he needs to, you know, get better as coordinator. Obviously, obviously he's not happy with how it's gone, um, especially last year. But I mean, during their back title run in 2017, they had one of the best, you know, defenses in conference games. So it's not like they have they they showed nothing defensively in his time there. And he, you know, he's been a successful coordinator in the past. I think he's at Kent State and had some good defenses there. So you know, I think. Uh, Jason Candle kind of didn't want to make any sweeping changes at, at this point, so he kind of put his trust in, in George, and, and and we'll kind of see how it plays out this year. Yeah. Now, obviously, the Rockets don't want to go seven and six again, and you, you know you, you sit there and say, okay, what were some of the things? that are going to be different this year than than last year. Obviously, a lot of guys say, well, they lost a lot on offense. You know, Logan Woodside, probably one of the most prolific uh, quarterbacks. They were saying that, you know, the quarterback position was a little – performance a little shaky at best to describe it. Offensive line wasn't that great defense. Even though I understand preseason picks, but that's all on paper – what it actually is going to be different on the field so that that can come to fruition what they predicted on paper to at least win the MAC division? Yeah, I think that without the receivers they have, they'll get kind of creative in how they get the ball to the to the new receivers and playmakers. Um, offensive line will have to you know take the next step, like you said, get get better from last year, um, and then just I think with Darnay just has to be you know. Consistent, you know, throughout the season. Um, last year, he definitely showed flashes. I think I saw in his seven games he played, he was the leader leader in the MAC in pass efficiency. So he's shown he can do it, and he can also run. He's a threat with his with his legs and plays breakdown to you know get some rushing yards. So they'll need consistent play from him, and 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 he needs to be good in leading this offense if they want to be successful. And then 
defensively, they really have to limit the big plays and just the mental breakdowns, you know, missing an assignment and allowing a play to go for you know, 30, 40 yards. They can't, um, can't have that happen this, this season. And, and penalties, too. Um, penalties, yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously, they've been looking around the MAC. I watched some of the Bowling Green Morgan State game. Now, even though obviously it was Morgan State, Leffler is coming to BG. There's been a lot of changes to Bowling Green. Heck, they didn't even know who their starting quarterback was going to be until maybe a couple <laughs> hours before the game. They looked pretty impressive, forty-six to three, um, beating Morgan State, and in, in Buffalo actually ended up winning against uh, Robert Morris, thirty-eight to ten. Kent State got smacked up a little bit by Arizona State and uh um and that team and then and then Central Michigan won. But looking yeah. at bowling green, Leffler says he plays UT's fight music. Did you talk to Candle anything about that saying you know and the last what the nine years Toledo's won the rivalry game. But then within that nine years though, Bowling Green has won two Mac championships. But then again they play in the Mac East, or at that time, the Mac least. Is Toledo kind of looking like, okay, what's going on down there in I-75? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really talked to them too much about that, to be honest. Um, I'm sure they paid a little bit of attention to it, and maybe they tuned into that game uh, last night, but um, yeah, I think Leffler's seemingly done a pretty good job, you know, so far, and obviously it'll probably be a struggle this season. I don't, I don't know how good Morgan State is, um, obviously, but um, I think they'll have their work cut out for them just with all the changes that they've had, but you never know. They can surprise, and sometimes all it takes is a new voice, and new coaches, and, and things can change quickly. Hey, the first year of Mike Jinks, I mean, Toledo thought they was going to rickroll him and then took a, a last, basically, into the fourth quarter Kareem Hunt touchdown to put him away. Weird thing with the schedule, I think this has happened to a couple years ago where Toledo has a bye week in the second week. And then after that, it's 11 straight games. Is that kind of a concern for them? Because I know the, the, the year that it happened, I think it might've been the last year I was the, the sports director at WXUT injury started to become a real concern playing that many games straight. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, I, I'm sure coaches would prefer to have a bye week later in the, in the year where they can heal up and, you know, get some guys back from injuries and sort of nicked up and everything. So, yeah, I think they play Kentucky and then they have a week off and then they're home opener. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely probably not ideal. And like you said, I, I know there was they did they weren't in the same situation either last year or the year before, I believe. So, yeah, I think it was the year um, before or yeah, two yeah. years ago because I remember there was the Labor Day weekend and there was no game and we still had mm-hmm. the Monday presser and it was really nothing to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, I think they canceled the presser this uh, this off week. <laughs> okay, <so laughs> yeah, makes sense. There's, there's no, unless unless there's a big unless maybe Toledo wins against Kentucky and you, like, I guess you have something yeah. to talk about. Just looking at the notable games they played BYU here. BYU ended up losing to Utah. I watched a little bit of that game um, mm-hmm. at Bowling Green, October twelfth. They're at Ball State. That's always a, a tough game in Muncie, even though even the years when Ball State's not that good. Then another weird thing with this schedule, this, I think this is the first time you've been covering the team for three or four years. I think this is the first time that I've actually seen them where they end with two road games at the end of November. Usually there's always a Rocket home game, either right before Thanksgiving or – right after Thanksgiving. That's another strange thing. And they're at Buffalo and at Central Michigan, both teams that look pretty decent in their openers. 
Yeah, I think every time since I've been covering them, they've had that Friday after Thanksgiving at home, I believe. Yes. So, yeah, that has been new. So, um, yeah, but that, those are two yeah, tough games. Um, you know, Buffalo's was in the MAC championship last year. They had a lot of talent, and going on the road and playing there won't be easy, you know, midweek. And then, yeah, Central should be much improved, too, um, for that uh, last game of the regular season. Yeah, the old the old Maction games in in November where you're playing on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and they got Northern Illinois. You got can't can't count them out. You know, uh, yeah. they, they they know that this is a, a big rivalry game for them as they come to the glass ball. For final question, mm-hmm. everyone, some people like predictions, some people don't. Do you really think this team is all about the hype, and could they get back to the MAC championship game with this team? I think they definitely can make the match championship game. Um, the, the, the schedule is pretty favorable, I think, for them. You know, they host Mich- Western Michigan, who might be the main competitor in the, in the back west. You know, they host Eastern Michigan, and like you said, they host Northern Illinois. So they have a little bit of a break with who they face at home, and um, they have the talent to do so. I think maybe we'll need to kind of gauge what they really have after the you know the four non-conference games. Um, you know, Kentucky will be tough at Colorado State will be tough and BYU will be tough. So we'll kind of see where they stand after that. But I think they definitely have the talent to win the Mac West. I think Ohio is probably the class of the conference though overall, I would say. Mm-hmm. How is that even possible? I mean <laughs> I, I know <laughs> Pelini <laughs> I know he does your uh what's his name? I can't think not Pelini, but yeah. Solich. 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 Yeah. I, I you know it's crazy because Ohio has been very competitive, but I just remember the early years when Ohio was pretty much just known as a basketball school where football was, yeah. was, was, was horrid to the point where some people were thinking that they should be basically a FCS school. I mean, but uh, with, with them being in the East, will the East be easier? Cause this, that's been really the, the main problem I've seen in the Mac. I mean, obviously the West, the Mac West has like three or four contenders for the championship and they beat each other up. And then in the Mac East, it's like one team, they go, they breeze through their conference schedule and then they get pretty much a beat up Western, you know, Mac West team. And then they end up winning. That kind of stinks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know Ohio's a favorite, but they haven't shown they really can make the Mac championship game recently. So, I mean, I think they flipped up against Miami, I think last year and that allowed Buffalo to go to the, Max title game, so it's not not set in stone by any means, and you know they'll have to play Buffalo and you know Miami and show they can they can win get those games when they matter too with a little pressure on them. So um, I think it'll be still be competitive in the East. Um, I don't know comparing between the two this year. I don't know which is really better to be honest. Well, at least that's good because at least that yeah. shows there's balance. Because I mean, you know, the, when I when I was basically up there in the booth, it was kind of known that the Mac West was a lot better than the East. And uh, sometimes, you know, a couple of those, one of those, I know one of those Bowling Green Mac championships. Not to hate on them, they pretty much played the fifth string quarterback from NIE. I mean, it was it was pretty pretty bad. You know, they got a, a pass there. Uh, what's coming up for you, Brian? Um. Nothing really. I have a preview of the Kentucky game for uh, tomorrow, and then um, you know, game stories from from uh, Lexington, and then I'll kind of regroup for their uh, bye week after that. No, and get the get the rest. And I know your summer was pretty good. Now, are you driving down to Kentucky, or are you getting the flight treatment? Uh, I'm driving down. Oh, yeah, okay. it's a, yeah, it's about a five hour drive. So no, I'll do not, that later. That's not too bad. I mean, you can turn up the tunes no. in your car. Yeah, I actually went there for. Uh, 
when UT softball made the region, the NCAA uh, tournament, they were in Kentucky, so I went there for that. So it's not a it's not a bad trip. It's right down seventy five. It's pretty easy. Isn't that isn't that crazy? That was what the the Memorial Day weekend, I believe, or right before. Yeah, I think it was right around there. Yeah. So just. Yeah, the- just the end of May, and now here we're here at the end of August. Like three months later, you're back in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, goes by so fast. Thank you so much, Brian, for calling in, man. All right, yeah, no problem. Yep. Take care. Yep, that was Brian Bucky there from the Toledo Blake giving us a little bit of a preview of a uh, basically Saturday's game against Kentucky. Hopefully, the Rockets can uh, bring it home for you. Uh, coming up. We got more here on After Further Review with myself, Frank, and David. If you missed the shows, make sure you always tune in uh, on Saturdays 11 to 1 on 88.3 WXUT. If you can't get there, then we'll always put it up on the podcast. We got it on SoundCloud and on iTunes. It's just WXUT's After Further Review with a picture of Frank Bashner and the horse's head. Like I said, more from us here on 88.3 WXUT's After Further Review. We'll be back after this.